Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm Nathan Staples, and joining me this evening are Eric Devin and Jeremy Smith. The transfer window is rapidly closing, and with teams not quite as frantic as in the past, will there be any late deals to come, or is everyone relaxed a little bit as soon as England left the party? The latest on some breaking transfer news, and the league and week on as it happened after your latest headlines. Leon bounced back on Friday night with a 2-0 win over Strasbourg. The former striker for the Alsace side, Martin Terrier, opened proceedings for Legon with Bertrand Traore wrapping things up in the second half. Saturday saw Paris Saint-Germain maintain their 100% record so far as they beat Angers. 3-1. The returning Edinson Cavani, Kylian Mbappe and Neymar all got on the score sheet for the champions who already sit top of the tree. However, they have new neighbours in Dijon who thrashed Patrick Vieira's niece 4-0 away from home. Two goals and an assist on a dream debut for Jules Keiter helped the mustard side join PSG at the summit of Liga. Elsewhere, Amiens halted Rennes' uh, recent uh, run abruptly, certainly as abruptly as I put it myself, uh, with a 4-1 victory. Toulouse also ended Nîmes' great start with a 1-0 win. Asantetien and Con both earned draws away from home, with Lever being goalless against Montpellier, as Nantes were held 1-1 by Fabien Mercendar's side. Sunday saw Lille get a great win, 3-0 at home to Gangomp, an attacking first 10 minutes saw Jekka and Bamba score, with the second also coming from Bamba, with Kerbrat sent off in the final closing moments. Bordeaux put recent troubles behind them with a 2-1 win over Monaco earlier. Francois Camano scored from the penalty spot, with Pietro Pellegri grabbing the equaliser before um, there was a miss at the penalty spot for the debutant Samuel Kalou, while Francois Camano wrapped things up for the Girondin in the final few minutes, hopefully impressing what may be incumbent boss Thierry Henry. And finally, this evening, Marseille battled back from 2-0 down to draw 2 all with Rennes. In the first half, goals from Borijo from the spot and Ismail Assad just before half-time were cancelled out by goals from uh, uh, from uh, Sanson and also from uh, the own goal <laughs> very late on at least anyway they, they had the chance as well to try and win things but it ended to all and that's all for your latest news head on over to our website at our www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN we start this week with news at the Mahmoud Al-Antique where there was quite an interesting game today but we're going to start with the managerial news first with Thierry Henry seemingly an imminent appointment Eric it looked like there was going to be possibly even a press conference on Wednesday as, as early as uh, last night really but there seems to be disagreements now between the two parties according to RMC earlier this evening uh, talks are not completely off but they're at an impasse where Henri supposedly wants a two million euro, euro a year salary he's also ha- holding out for a number of new signings before the window shuts and the club are obviously looking at possible plan b's now but it's not completely off the table um it seems a little bit muddled now even fans started printing shirts with Henri number 14 on the back because seen at the game today does it seem a little bit like a, a bit of a, a fumbled situation now right when it, it well, this time last night, it seemed like it was all signed, sealed and delivered. 
Yeah, it's frustrating to see. I think that Henri is a manager who, you know, doesn't have any experience leading leading a club on his own. But I think that obviously he's well respected in France, given his given his time at Monaco. And I, I think that you know people are aware of his accomplishments with Roberto Martinez this summer. Uh, I think he deserves a chance, but I can see why he has some trepidation. Uh, obviously. And Jess can attest to this as well, perhaps better than most. Uh, Poye, his predecessor or presumptive predecessor, certainly has a lot of issues in terms of his temperament. But the way the club have gone about their summer business, considering the money that they have on hand, and yes, I know the construction of the Matmut is, is an issue, uh, is a lingering issue, uh, given it, it's a fairly new development and the club are still working on the finances behind that. But uh, the fact that they would sell a player like Laborde, uh, sell a player like Malcolm, and not really bring in a whole lot. A whole lot. Uh, I, I know that uh, Samuel, Samuel, I believe is his first name, Kalu, the, the young winger they signed from Ghent, has had a good start to the season. He looks like a really smart buy. But at the same time, I, I think Bordeaux's ambitions, given their financial dealings this summer, seem very at odds with a club that someone of Henri's pedigree might want to be involved with. Now, I know funds are limited. It's, it's Ligue 1. We, we know this isn't the Premier League. There's not tens of millions of dollars to be had. But that said, if you look at the sale of Laborde and, moreover, the sale of Malcolm, the fact that Bordeaux aren't more willing to spend this summer is a really frustrating development. I think that I think the squad still needs reinforcements. I think with particularly with Sabali out, you know, there there's very there was very little rotation in the side that played uh, earlier today versus the side that had played on Thursday. And uh, you know, if Bordeaux, you know, they're a decent position to do progress into the group stage of the champion or of the Europa League. Sorry, uh, I wonder if the squad has the depth to compete on two fronts. Uh, it's good. It's good to see that they're in Europe, and I can see that being a potential carrot for Henri. But the fact is, if this squad can't be reinforced with players of an evident quality. I, I really have, uh, you know, a lot of questions about what the side's ambitions really are. I mean, Palencia looks a decent signing on loan from Barcelona as well. It should provide a little bit of depth at right back. Uh, but we haven't seen anything from Tom Abashik yet. Uh, Jimmy Briand, you know, same thing. I mean, you know, yeah, he was great for Gangamp, but I don't think that – I think that Bordeaux are certainly a higher level than Gangamp, uh, where Briand wouldn't be made the focal point of that attack in the same way. So I don't – I don't really see that there's a, a concordance in terms of ambition and, and money brought in this summer that would make me think uh, that this club have any level of ambition that would prove attractive to a youngish, I think Henri is 41, uh, that would attract him uh, as, a, as a place to start his career. And it's an interesting one, really, Jez, because I want to also take it from the, the club's point of view. I mean, there's obviously um, Henri clearly wants the right kind of squad which is an important focal point of, of why he's not quite signed on the dot line yet but he's also asking for two million euros a year reportedly I don't know if that's coming from the club themselves but that if you work it out is about 38 grand a week which is not peanuts really for any club never mind um, a league side that is trying to build I suppose a playing squad as well and if he wants that as well as players he's he's kind of got to sacrifice a little bit to get one of them, it seems, whether he gets the salary or whether he gets the players that he wants to bring in. Is he maybe asking a little bit too much from this ownership group that they might not be able to offer? Um, and is and at the same time, is that maybe a little bit arrogant for a first-time boss? 
I think it is a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I agree with with what Eric says about the sort of frustrations kind of in one direction that for whatever reason Bordeaux don't necessarily either they don't have the money to spend or they're not willing to spend it and you know it's certainly complicated by the fact that it seems like any major decision that needs to be made that the club at the moment needs to be made by two completely distinct um sort of owners or, or management management setups which really doesn't help anything but yeah the fact is that Thierry Henry is a is a newcomer to management you know irrespective of the fact that he's got you know, 120 odd caps that he's France's all-time leading scorer or whatever he is a new coach and you know I, I thought it was quite welcome when when Lecky proposed yesterday that he's he's basically said that you know money's in terms of salary isn't an issue he's only really concerned with with transfer funds um, and it's a little bit disappointing to see his wage demands. It's not like he necessarily needs it. And you'd have thought as a first time coach wanting to make his way, wanting to make a name for himself, that that wouldn't necessarily be a, a priority for him. Um, it's, I think it's, for me, I think it's a reasonably good job for him to go into. It, it is dangerous, I guess, that, you know, he, without the funds, maybe he can't do as well as, as, as he could and you know people might point the finger at him if, if Bordeaux disappoint but you'd hope that the more sensible people sensible people out there would also say that if things didn't go brilliantly well you know he has had his hands tied tied behind, behind his back a little by Bordeaux's reticence to, to spend in the transfer market so I can see why why he he'd be a little bit nervous to go there but again it's it's a good chance for him. He'll have so much goodwill, certainly within Bordeaux and within the fan base, but I think around the whole of France as well. Although, you know, if you come to come to talk about Vieira later, it might it, it, you can see how fickle it could be. Um, it, it worries me a little. My worry with him always was the the sort of the ego and the arrogance, and if he's demanding huge salary, the transfer. The, the transfer funds, fair enough. You know, I think he's right to sort of push on that, but possibly give way at some point. The salary thing is is a little bit worrying because it, it, it does suggest maybe he's not quite prepared to rein, rein the ego in for this role. And then you start wondering, is he the right person for it? And so just as much as I could understand why he might be questioning Bordeaux, his actions could also lead to Bordeaux wondering is he really the right man for the job and it's quite interesting but, that, but certainly yeah. I think if it falls through Bordeaux will come off looking worse than he will mm, which is the frustrating thing I mean a lot of people mentioned when when he left the sky job that um, he was maybe giving a lot of money off the table but it sounds like he wants to recoup plenty of that if he can at least anyway at the moment um, on to things on the field now really and it was a good game uh, today Bordeaux really showed a little bit more than they have done in the last couple of games, counter-attacked well, and we'll get on to Monaco in a moment, and they were um, pretty bad and maybe start to, to worry about themselves. But on the pitch, Eric, at least they're starting to put things right. In fairness, um, the, the midweek game was a little bit of a, a damp squib, and obviously losing Koundé to a late red card was a, was a frustration as well. But getting a victory here, maybe an unexpected one against Monaco when they are in mid-crisis you might say really is it's a positive with 
even if a new manager is on the horizon or not, at least they're starting to get things right on the football field again. Yeah, I think this is the thing. I, I understand the frustrations of a Bordeaux's parsimony, but the side of that coin is there's a lot of there's a lot to be really excited about this this team. You mentioned Jules Koundé. I think he's got a you know really bright future as a center back. I think that Kalou again looks a really really so- solid signing uh, coming in from Kent. Uh, the young midfielders uh, Yusuf and Chalmany again same thing. I think I think there's a lot of potential real positives for this team uh, going forward. I think, you know, Valentin Vada didn't have the great season last season, but I think we saw two years ago that he can be a really influential player as well if used properly. I think that that might be a situation where a new manager might come in and, you know, sort of adapt this team, maybe do a 4-2-3-1 rather than a 4-3-3, and you'd have a more positive presence in midfield with him as well. So, yeah, it's good to get that first win under the belt, uh, Francois Camino, uh, two goals. I think he's been hugely influential this season. Uh, much to people's surprise, I think he was an in- interesting prospect at Bastia, but uh, now with the loss of Malcolm, I think he's really embraced becoming the focal point of this team's attack, and there's more to be seen from him as well. So it's it's good to see Bordeaux win, but the fact of the matter is, I think that this club's potential in terms of the young players they have on hand. Um, and, you know, players that aren't exactly prospects anymore but are starting to really establish themselves as, as impressive players, the likes of Kamino, uh, Maxime Punje, Yusuf Sabali, when he returns from injury as well. I, there's so much potential for this side. and it, That win will take the pressure off. Um, they're still alive in Europe. But, yeah, it, it's got to it's gotta change. Something has to change quickly and positively for this team to really reach the potential that they currently have. Mm, absolutely. And uh, as a point to Kun- for Kunde, I know he obviously be disappointed with that red card he had midweek. He's had a shaky moment in this game as well, where he's given away the ball to Pellegri for him to score his first goal in Liga, the first one from the 21st century to score in Liga, according to some reports. At least anyway, we do maybe need to fact check that one just to double check. But that's a great little stat. But um, definitely, there's a lot of positives for them. But Jez, there's less positives for the team that were on the other side of the field in Monaco. They obviously drew. Last week, 0-0 to Lille. They did relatively well in that opener against Nantes, although a lot of people expressed how good um, Le Canary were, in, especially in the first half. But they were at six and sevens in the defence again today. They were playing a very high line for the speed for, for Camano to play in behind them. Um, they're still missing a couple of players, you may argue. Golovin, obviously, still to come into the side. But at the same time, you're starting to worry a little bit about Monaco and, and their fragility at the back where they're giving away chances. They uh, Bordeaux had two penalties today where Benalio brought one down and, and uh, Jemison did another one. Shaky moments starting to creep back in. Those worries about the defence again. Yeah, every, we kind of have the same conversations every year about Monaco, and every year Jardim kind of pulls it out of the bag. And I wouldn't say I'm worried in the sense that I don't think they're going to be in any trouble or anything like that. But I do worry that you know the time it's going to take the team to gel, get used to the, the newcomers, that kind of thing. Um, it may be too late for for Champions League, or certainly leave them with a big uphill battle to to, to qualify. And as you said before, I am kind of surprised that Jardim signed on for another year, or at least that having secured him, that they didn't give him a little bit more help. It's it's almost like they 
his his bosses are sort of going out of their way to make him work even harder to prove what a good manager he is. Um, and it does feel like they've gone a little bit too far this year. And although a lot, a reasonable amount of the starting eleven today was, was relatively experienced, there are issues there. You do want a, a, a settled defence. And although you know, Ture, Glick, Jemison, that they've been there a while, that Jemison, I think, has always been a little bit dodgy. Glick is not the player he was two years ago. Ture, partly because of injuries, has, has sort of plateaued at best, possibly gone backwards at worst. Benalio came up with some good saves, but to me, he's not he's not a super sitch in terms of sort of marshalling the defence. Um, and yeah, I, j- I just feel, you know, on paper, it's still a very, very talented team. I still think that at some point they will gel and certainly have the odd, um, you know, really good match where, you know, someone unlucky it was going to be on the other the other end of a beating. And obviously you've got players like Pellegri who are going to come in and when they get their chances, Goebbels probably at some point as well, we'll see how special they are and hopefully over the course of the season they'll, they'll really develop. But in terms of the team and, and what, what the bosses are asking Jardim and the players to do, it's, it's, it's very difficult. And yeah, as Eric said about Bordeaux, although everyone's kind of talking about the club in terms of crisis, they are a good, talented team. And with the Philip of Henri possibly coming in, even though he hasn't come in yet, it's not an easy place to visit. And um, you know, it's, it's not a massive surprise that, that Monaco went down today, I don't think. It's, I just like to, I think uh, people like to jump from crisis to crisis, really. And I think any time that a big t- side starts to lose some ground, especially when Paris Saint-Germain are on, on such a stride already with, with teams dropping points, that um, they'll try and grab onto anything. On to a couple of games now where sort of it's more trains passing in the night at the moment, at least even though it's this early stage of the season. And let's start with Nice versus Dijon, because that was a really big result on Saturday, really, for the for the wayside at least, Eric. But a real disappointment again for Vieira, who's not got off to the greatest of starts, <laughs> to say the least, really, at the, at the uh, Alliance Riviera. Are they in crisis mode already? I, I think you have to question whether or not that's the case. Obviously, Mario Balotelli comes back from suspension next week. You know, he can use that time in the international break, assuming he's not called up by Italy. I don't know if Italy's announced their squad yet for the break. Uh, to, you know, get back into the swing of things and to, you know, be the 15-goal score, season scorer that we know he can be, be a focal point of that attack. You know, I like a lot of the signs that Nice have made. Danilo Barbosa looks a good signing. Um, Christophe Arell, I think, was was solid last year as well. Malita from from Leon has a lot to go, but I mean, where is Nice's striker? We had Ganago come off the bench last last week to uh, to score. Uh, he's not even even in eighteen. I don't know if that was injury. I didn't I didn't catch, but I, I think that. The uh, Beyonce hurt as well. I, I mean, Nice are really shooting themselves in the foot by not having a contingency plan of, of an actual striker beyond Mario Balotelli. Now, you know, Balotelli is a talented player. I I don't doubt that he'll be a consistent sc- scoring factor for Nice. Uh, the fact is, this team is not prepared uh, for this season, given the money they've taken in from the sales of the likes of Seri and Playa uh, in, in this offseason. They haven't brought in replacements. Um, Balotelli 
is going to be hurt. He's going to mismatch with his suspension. Uh, that's the nature of his play. You, you take the good with the bad with, with what he contributes. And, you know, to play three matches without him, I think, I think is, uh, and, uh, you know, to, is it, the results they've had are understandable. But that being said, I don't think that Patrick Vieira is in a very good place with this team right now. Um, I, I think that he seems unsure of his best 11. He seems unsure of what formation to use. He had Adrian Tamez starting nominally as a right back yesterday. Uh, Tamez is a fantastic, you know, number six, number eight, uh, you know, defensively oriented midfielder. And you're playing him at right back when you have uh, the young Patrick Berner, who's supposed to be a highly tipped talent available on the bench. Uh, perhaps he's worried about Frederick Samaritano. I mean, no offense, but that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense why you wouldn't play an orthodox right back in that spot. Uh, Will and Cyprian was on record as saying that he's not really sure what's going on here, why the team is being played in this way. He's switching around the roles of Danilo and Cyprian in midfield. He's playing Luis Malou wide in the right. He's playing him as uh, an interior midfielder. Um, it's There doesn't seem to be any sort of consistency with this side. Uh, Johan Cardinal was poor yesterday. Uh, you know, Again, there's another thing. Cardinal's back in the 11. Uh, has Benitez any, anything, done, really done anything wrong to, to warrant being dropped? Uh, I don't think so. I think the Cardinal is an extremely unreliable keeper. Uh, he can be fantastic at times, but hes I don't think he's of the consistency and the ability that Nice need to be back to where they were two seasons ago. And I think that this, this just really looks a mess right now. My hope is that, you know, I, I like the players on Nice. I like the fact that they endeavor to play with the ball and to be creative. But the fact of the matter is that, you know, Dijon under Olivier Delio, we'll get to them, uh, have been fantastic. Um, at least it's very exciting to watch. They're very dangerous on the counter. But there are a lot of teams in Liga that play with this sort of now organization, uh, Strasbourg, Amiens, uh, maybe less so calm this season, but there are going to be a lot of teams that can see, they can get at Nice in this way. Uh, I mean, really, that, that midfield trio of Sliti Abaid and uh, Loyoris, the, 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 young, the young midfielder there, uh, were super really impressive. I mean, we'll get to Dijon again, but credit to those three in particular for really pressing and, and breaking up that midfield uh, rhythm in, in terms of what Nice were trying to establish. But Vera uh, really looks in, really looks over his depth right now. I know he's being frustrated by a lack of a central striker, but I think that he should he should not use actual matches as a tactical sandbox. He should have more of an idea and more of a level of consistency with these players, uh, not only to instill confidence in them, but to install a level of predictability that allow them to succeed going forward, even without an orthodox striker. So it's a really frustrating start to the season. I would say, let's see how this team recovers from the international break, You know, perhaps bringing in another striker. Uh, Anthony Modeste has been mentioned. If that happens and... They get a they get a re- decent return from Balotelli. I think Nice could be pushing for pushing at the fringes of Europa League, but if it doesn't, I, I think this team 
you know, if Balotelli, you know, uh, downs tools after the frustration of this summer, this could really be a team scrapping for survival, uh, given the lack of goals in the side that's currently constructed. Jez, I've got a sort of two-part question for yourself because I brought up a lot of good points there, really, and I want to talk about uh, sort of a mix of of one of them at least, anyway. And that's, do, do you think that given the money that they have got in this summer for player for for Seri, the fact that they've not reinvested that in the squad does that surprise you? And also, added to that, really, I suppose, is that. It, uh, maybe did we expect a little bit too much from Vieira just because he was the sort of, you know, the, the one that was heralded as possibly being in the sort of chain for Manchester City and, and did a decent job from what I've heard of uh, New York City. Um, do, have we maybe thought that he would walk into there and, and really um, continue the great work with Favre and not think that those losses that they've had and the fact they've not brought in anyone to uh, to even add some depth to the squad really to uh, has really hindered him um on the first point i think again like like bordeaux like marseille you know bordeaux got in whatever it was 40 million from from um malcolm marseille got a lot of money surprise money from zambo Aguisa, and none of them seem able or willing to spend the money so uh, you know i don't know the ins and outs but i think Nice, when Vieira arrived, were linked with a lot of players, but none of those players have come in. None of them were necessarily big money players anyway. They're all sort of talented, uh, not not necessarily all youngsters, but sort of re- relatively a little bit more than middle of the road players who possibly they wouldn't have had too much competition challenging for. So I think that, that there must be some issues there that mean that they can't spend certainly all the money that they brought in, which is a pity. Um, in terms of Vieira, I feel I do I feel sorry for him because I actually do think that he's got Nice playing some really nice football and, you know, keeping up the tradition of, of the of his two predecessors in that way. But he is hamstrung by the fact that there's uh, there isn't a you know they missed four or five really good chances yesterday. Um, at crucial, you know, generally, I think they were all at nil nil, possibly one or two at one nil down. Um, and, you know, if you put one of them away, the, the things look quite different. And there's only so much that he can do once Maulida or Elise Malou are on the pitch. They need to, they need to be putting those chances away. What, what's concerning with him is firstly the, as Eric said, the sort of chopping and changing. You know, he's, maybe it's not his fault that, Suke isn't being able to be played at right back because there's there's issues there about his salary or contract renewal or whatever. So he's again a little bit hamstrung there, but but still he's chopping and changing too much. And what's really concerning is, you know, one nil down. Okay, you can you can say, you know, we're unlucky, we didn't put our chances away, we lost by the odd goal. But you know, to sort of collapse in the way that they did in the last 10 minutes and can see three in the last sort of seven ten minutes is that's a real concern and that makes you think that there's a lot more to it than just um a little bit of sort of clumsiness with 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 the, with the goal gaping um as you said he's he has been building a good reputation for himself um at man city and new york city and i hope that he's given the chance um 
I'm not going to say the start doesn't bode well. It has only been three matches, but it is concerning the way that, that this match finished. And, you know, on paper, the, the three teams they, they've played have not been the kind of top teams that you'd expect them to, to struggle against. You know, if, if they'd had, I don't know, we might touch on them later, but if they'd had Gangong's first three matches, you'd say fair enough. It's a tough introduction to League Ad, but he probably couldn't have handpicked a, what looked like a more gentle beginning. And um, yeah, th- there's definitely concerns there. I still think that he could come good, but he's not being helped by what's going on at Nice. But at the same time, I'm not sure he's entirely helping himself. I think, you know, at the very least, just say, this is my 11. Even Cardinal, I, I agree that it's strange that he's dropped Benitez for Cardinal, but just say, this is my 11, this is my formation. Until we've got a few points on the board, let's just concentrate on that. And maybe chopping and changing isn't isn't doing himself or the team any favours. But on to the team that obviously won in this one, Eric. And terrific again for Dijon. That's their third win so far this season. Two away from home when they were the worst away side in league last season, which must feel like a weight off their shoulders, really. Olivier Delalio playing some terrific, entertaining football. We banged that drum a lot last season, but we'll bang it again this season because they're joint top. They're only on goals scored behind Paris Saint-Germain. They have the same goal difference, but PSG scored nine. They've only scored eight, but they've conceded one less, which is a nice plus for them. But one thing I wanted to talk about, really, obviously we know how good they are to watch, and we do recommend if you do have a TV screen and Dijon are playing, do keep your eyes peeled. But have they got another really exciting attacking player in Jules Kaito, who's obviously created one, scored the final two as well. Have they got another one to add to the list of, of all these exciting players with with uh, with Kwon and, and Sleety and, and others? Another one? I, mm, okay. I, I like to see Okita Pans out. I mean, this is a player who's been out of football. He was with Bash's Academy. He has experience with Guineas under 20 team, I believe, in the 2015 World Cup. Um, there's not a lot on him. I, I was, you know, trying to trawl through uh, a few resources that we have to find video clips of him, and there wasn't really a whole lot. Uh, he's certainly pacey. He's certainly direct. I, I think that he's a he's a great fit for for Dalio's style. Um, so in that regard, yes, I, I think that he's he's certainly one for the future. But also the the faith that. Delio is placing in Enzo Lerice. I don't, I don't, I may be butchering his last name, unfortunately. Uh, I don't know if, if Jazz, you have any better idea on that being a, a more French speaker than I am. Uh, yeah, Loaudis, I don't know. say Enzo, I'm guessing, Italian, first name. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I think that it's it's the faith that uh, Delio is placing, again, Valentin Rosier, who's had a great start to the season as well. Uh, Naya Fagard, the center back that came in and scored a goal today. Wunarsson looks, you know, a great, a great pickup at goalkeeper. Um, so Dijon have done really well. I think that the they brought these players in early. They're ready to go from the off. Uh, and Lodice is 17 or 18. I, I can't remember. I know he's very young. And to see that faith being played, placing these players in, in Keita as well, it, it, it really speaks volumes not only to the attacking philosophy that Dalio has implemented in this team, but to how well uh, the sporting 
the sporting team at Dijon have worked in identifying targets, identifying weaknesses, and how also Delio has has how the communication there exists to bring these players in, get them up to speed, get them into the first team, and have them be successful uh, in these very early stages of the season where some teams are s- still scrambling around for players. And you will get to Marseille later in the program, but there's no rugs being pulled out from under Dijon at this point in time. Um, they brought in their players. They're ready to go. And I think that that, 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 that sort of start is a product of not only Delia's philosophy and the purchases of some of these younger players, but also just a really strong and well, well done, well executed off season. I don't think that we can underestimate that given the struggles of Monaco having uh, uh, Keita leave late on of, of Leon struggling with their, with their center backs. Um, you know, and there's, there's other clubs as well that don't really seem to be, have adapted to, um, the losses of certain players. So bearing that in mind, I, I think that it's testament to Delio, to his attacking philosophy. Um, I, I think in particular the midfield for Dijon was excellent yesterday, putting pressure on that nice midfield and, and not allowing them to play with the ball in the way that they're they're normally used to. Uh, but also, yeah, just good preparation. I, I think that makes a difference to give Dijon a leg up in their early seasons. I don't anticipate this lasting. I don't see Dijon finishing, you know, in the top six or something. Uh, I think the, this is probably more on par with uh, strong starts that we've seen in recent years from Angers. Uh, Gangamp were in the top five uh, two seasons ago for, for much of the first half of the season. We can see something like that, but I, I don't think Europe's within their, their reach. Um, but I think that certainly that summer preparedness is, has allowed this club to start off well and, you know, until other teams sort of catch up to them, as it were, um, I think we can look forward to seeing this continue. Mm, this is the thing. Uh, it might be a little while till we see Dijon really start losing some games because the next couple of games, they've got Caen at home, Angers at home, Rats away. They're not the most difficult games. Then they hit maybe a, 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 the Fed potential real test in, in Lyon, but they've got some relatively sort of fixtures even after that you've got Strasbourg, Amiens uh, then they face Lille and Monaco which are, are tougher games again, they've got a chance to, to run into October with a, a really good points tally and never mind sort of fighting for Europe at least anyway, yeah, but the fact that they can pretty much be confident of staying safe from in Ligue 1 another season which is then obviously their first goal will be by that sort of time will be a, a terrific uh, end for them. On to Two more trains passing in the middle of the night, as we mentioned, as Gangomp lost 3-0 to Lille, and that's left them bottom of the table. Um, linked with Kumbuare, obviously signing a, a new contract to, uh, earlier in the week. Jez, it, it's a frustrating one again for them. They were pretty awful, in all honesty, although Lille sort of blasted them in the first couple of hours, but, uh, but first couple of minutes, sorry. It's a frustrating one. Is there worries ahead now for this team? They they can't stop conceding goals. They're struggling to create, uh, even though they're keeping Kumbuaru, who's obviously a very talented manager. Is is there worries of where these goals are going to come from this season for them? Uh, I wouldn't be worried, yeah, as I mentioned earlier. I don't think they've had the easiest start. I think in a way, is pretty tough. They have you know, had a very good pre-season so they were going to hit the ground running and then PSG I thought they gave a really good account of themselves and actually uh, I thought 3-1 was really harsh on them um, and 
I think, as I mentioned possibly last week, I actually think they should have had a penalty at one all, which really could have changed the game. Um, today was, yeah, one of those days, you know, 2 0 down after 10 minutes, you're always fighting a big losing battle to get back into it. But, you know, Men- Menon had a little bit of work to do at points in the match. So, I, it's, you never want to start with three losses and, um, you know, whoever you're, you're playing against, if you lose those first three or the first few matches, then, you know, there's a big job on the coach and the, the more experienced players to ensure that heads don't go down. But I don't think there's too much to worry about yet. Rue, uh, at times in his career, hasn't looked very lethal, but last year he had a very good good um, season and he's looked sharp, I think, at the start of this season. Turan, I think at, earlier in his career, I think he was a big name purely because of his big name and um, you know what I mean just because of his dad but now I think he is starting to show a little bit more of, of the uh, you know he kind of deserves a little bit more of, the, of credit in his own right um, you know there are players like Coco and Blas who I don't think have pushed on as much as they should so you need to sort of keep an eye on them Salibur is unsettled is he going to stay is he not but I, I still think there's there's a decent squad there again not one that's going to pull up any trees not one that's going to challenge for Europe I don't think but I don't think there's anything too to, too alarming yet Eric it's it's a it's a strange one isn't it they have had a hard sort of start to the season and they've got a a fixture against Toulouse coming up just before the winter break that will probably be a little bit crucial for them if not for the points but for the confidence side of things they just seem to be treading water a little bit they they, they were they were poor today as well that was maybe the disappointing one at least in the Paris Saint-Germain game they showed a lot of character they looked very good especially in the first half but sometimes maybe they this team a little bit playing up to opponents and, and maybe dropping their level sometimes against teams that they maybe think they should be competing for for wins against or or do you think that maybe it's just the sort of early game jitters I would go with the with the former, Nathan. I think that you know there were watching this match this morning. Well, this morning for me, um, I they had the, a post match interview with Etienne Dido, and he said for him it's it's perplexing, it's frustrating that Gangamp can play with the verve that they showed in those first two matches uh, to you know nearly get a result against against PSG uh, to play well against Saint Etienne, and then. You know, against a Lille side that, you know, have started the season well. I mean, that that's that's a team that should catch the eye that sh- Gangnam should be wary of. Um, they didn't seem quite up to it. I mean, I, I think obviously uh, Antoine Cambori made this the start the choice to start uh, Sheikh Traore at right back uh, over um, Jordan Nicoco. Uh, Traore looks amazing going forward, but he also looks a total wreck. Uh, Defensively, he uh, he got booked. He conceded several silly fouls. Um, Bamba really had his way with him. So maybe to introduce a player who's new to Liga into that situation is something that could also be counted against them. I think that Comboire has generally been a pretty good steward of young talent uh, throughout throughout his career. But I think perhaps in starting Traore in a match like this. A team that is so pacey and so direct uh, was not the best decision. Um, 
And honestly, I mean, Bill could have made this more. There were definitely some wayward touches and shots. Uh, Bamba had a couple chances that he, he fired over. I mean, it could have been more. Um, I think that this may be a bit of a case of hubris in this particular match for Gangump, that they felt that Lille were are still at or below their level. But I think that on the evidence of these first three matches, that's far from being the case. Uh, Nicola Pepe has been one of the, the brightest best players uh, of the season so far in of any club in Liga. And um, I think that the dynamism with, with which that team is playing is really tremendous. I think that, I think that as, as Dito said, it's, I think it's a case of not being prepared for this opponent, not respecting this opponent um, and not, and that they should have played with the same determination, focus drive that they had exhibited against PSG and against it's a 10. And I think that they perhaps could have come away with more. Uh, even after uh, Lille had scored those first two early goals, there were certainly chances, particularly from set pieces for Gangomp. Uh, they didn't quite have uh, the resolve to, to put those chances away. But I think this, again, we're still early enough in the season that I don't, I don't think things are lost for Gangomp, but I think that uh, I think the Kambora needs to get back to basics and make sure that this team is playing with the same level of, of coherence and focus and defensive solidity that uh, that we need to see from them. Certainly sounds like a plan to me, Eric. Just really disappointing today. I think, like like Dido was saying, it was somewhat born out of frustration, but it does make that game against uh, Le Violet next weekend extra important. They can't afford to, to start dipping these results, especially when the confidence is low after two relatively good performances, but getting nothing out of them. If you're following that with two bad performances, two losses, and bottom after four games, you start thinking, you return to a game to, against Marseille. That's not ideal. It's, things stop building up. That's how teams start slipping a little bit sometimes. But on to Lille, um, who looked excellent again, really, Jez. They were flying forward. They were exciting. Bamba and, and Pepe, really, um, the juggernauts of that, really, in their style. I feel like th this mixture between Galtier and Lille, does this feel like the right mixture that might push them back into the sort of European places that they want to be. I know there's still a bit of the, the DNCG thing that, um, that obviously some teams are still looking at Pepe themselves and they may still offload him, but things are certainly looking rosier than they were this time last season. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I think in the, when Jardim started at Monaco, it was all very defensively minded and, and everyone said, well, you know, is he capable of playing attacking football? And, and they they want to the league playing fantastic attacking football. And Galtier is kind of more of a slow burner, but it feels like his career, certainly at Saint-Etienne, was, was pretty much entirely built on um, defensive, very unadventurous football, and for, which I think was ideal for Lille last year. When, you, when you're fighting against relegation, that's what you want to do. You want to just be tight at the back and, and you know, hopefully nick a goal or two at the other end. But the main thing is make sure that those foundations are strong in defence. Um, and then th this summer, it looked like they were they were sort of focusing more on the attack, which to me was a little bit strange because I'd have thought with Gautier, you'd go all in on, on, on defence. Um, and it was, you know, Pepe last year really coming of age and then Bamba doing brilliantly at Saint-Etienne. I thought, well, you know, are they going to go backwards or be wasted in a Gautier team? But what he's done is absolutely fantastic. Um, and, you know, my 
I was always impressed with him as a defensive coach, but certainly my respect for him as, as a coach will stop. As, as only, I know it's only three matches in, but it's really grown because, um, you know, he's really unleashed them. And in Pepe and Bamba, they do have a couple of special players there, but, um, but still, that you know, it, it takes the coach to, to get the best out of them, to allow them to, to express themselves and, and, so far, so good. It's been fantastic to watch. And, you know, they're playing. It couldn't be more marks from this time last year under, you know, supposedly the, the greatest attacking minded coach in history, according to some. The, the team that completely shackled, nervous, bereft of confidence. And again, and under Gautier, they, they all look like they're having a great time and amazingly fast transitions, which, which is what Bielsa made his name doing, but actually. Gaussier is doing it with this field team um, much, much better and, and long may it continue. Mm, it's nice to see them starting to, to battle a bit more. That's what we like to see, isn't it? And, and Eric, I wanted to get your thoughts quickly on it, obviously, because you, you've watched the game. It, it's The one positive I keep seeing about Lidug this season is that they're just much better to watch, especially with these attacking players. It'll be a shame if Pepe does leave at least on a on a on the field level. I know how important it may be off the field, but they are so much more exciting to watch, aren't they? Yeah, and the, the thing I want to highlight here too is uh, Yassine Benzia missed out because of injury today, so Jonathan Akone came in. Uh, Benzia did not play today, but I think that his play makes his team even more exciting. I think they were great today. But Benzia, you know, coming from Leon, I think he was misused as a striker or a second striker, but playing as sort of an, a, an attacking midfielder, more of a creative player, uh, being able to pull those strings in midfield. Uh, you've got him, you've got Sheka, uh, and you've got, uh, you know, two players who whose ability to hit a through ball or a, a long pass is really unparalleled. You've got uh, the young fullbacks uh, as well there, Bullet. Ode Bellatore has, has, has been uh, streets better than he was, uh, particularly under Bielsa last season. He, he was a player who I groaned every time his name was uh, read off in that starting lineup, but I, I he's really come into his own as well, starting to show some of that promise. And I think that that midfield, without even really having a solid defensive presence, has just added so much more dynamism. And uh, I think that's that's really good too. And I think that uh, Jose Font really works well as a as a defensive partner for Adama Sumaro. Uh, Sumaro can move about, and you've got Font playing a you know a more static role. But I think that that works well. They've got they seem to be establishing a really strong relationship together as well. Um, so really, it's the whole spine of this team. I think that's that's playing well. Um, they there's a dynamism, but there seems to be a good level of fitness with this with this side. So the fullbacks in particular can recover well. Um, yeah, I, I don't see any reason that this can't be sustained. And the other side of that coin, too, is that we saw uh, with that draw against Monaco that it doesn't have to be, you know, all guns blazing attacking football, that Lille can also not exactly grind out, but they can they can win a close match if, if the situation dictates. Um, you know, with better finishing, this team could, could be – could really – I don't think the top three is realistic, but I, I definitely think that this team – on current evidence, should be shooting for the Europa League. Mm, especially given the sort of shaky performances around those sides that should be fighting for those positions. On to our final bit of news tonight, and it's on the transfer window, and looks like we've mentioned that some teams haven't quite done the business we expected them to, but one team 
that might be doing something, at least, Jesse, is Marseille. Um, they're looking to bring in Kevin Strootman. It looks like it will be happening um, in the next couple of days. The Roma man supposedly coming in for a 25 million euro deal plus bonuses. Do you think that's the right kind of player for them, Marseille, to be going to? Especially now they've obviously sold Zambo and Guisa. They wanted a, a little bit of reinforcement in the middle of the park. Is Strootman the right man for the job? Uh, yes and no. I think he's the right man for the job in terms of replacing Zambo and Guisa. I think he's made a really good solid experienced um central midfielder um i think you know really top class and unlucky that a really bad injury or two has kind of scuppered him possibly you know really be, being talked about as one of one of the world greats of the last few years i really think at, at one point he, he looked that good um it seems quite a lot of money for a 28-year-old with possibly a dodgy knee, but um, if if it takes some of the weight off Luis Gustavo, who I think I said before, to me, he, he was the league and player of the year last year, and I think already this year at times he's looked like he's, he's sort of carrying other members of the midfield, um, then I think that's a very good thing. The only thing I would say is I still think it's it, it's not the priority position for for Marseille. And, you know, they said that they're not now going to bring a striker in. Um, I don't know if that's just trying to make the the best of a bad situation, but I think I really think they are missing another centre forward. I don't think um, Germain works there. I think he he needs to be played in a in a front two, which uh, Garcia doesn't seem to want to do. And I think possibly uh, a central defender would have been more important than, than a central midfielder. But certainly, if they're going to bring a central midfielder in, then then I like Strootman. I think it's, it, that, in that sense, it's a good move. Eric, what do you think to the move? It's a lot of money, obviously, even for, for a Marseille. It's roughly about a little bit less, I suppose, than they, they sold Zambo and Guisa for. But... Is it a little bit of a risk? We know the Dutchman's obviously been back for, for a year or so now, but he's had a... It's a, a lot of a risk. Goes. Go ahead. It's a lot of a risk. I, I think that given his age, I think that given his injury history, um, John Solano, uh, who has done a lot of work with the Roma website, uh, runs an excellent Roma podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, Solano underscore 56. Definitely recommend him. He's someone whose opinion I, I highly trust about Roma. Um his quote today on the signing, in five seasons at Roma, Strootman has played maybe seven months of great football. He's a quarter of the player he used to be and a tenth of what he could be. Selling him makes 100% sense for the club. Um, I, I think John's spot on there. I, I think that um, clearly Roma were planning to get rid of him, the signings they've made, bringing in Pastore, bringing in Zanzi. Um, they're selling from a position of needing to thin their squad and to have to – to bilk Marseille into paying over the odds for it is, you know, job well done for, for Roma, but uh, frustrating for um, for Marseille when you consider other other players who could, could potentially be on the move. Valentin Ranger has been linked with moves away from Nantes, for example. Uh, he wouldn't cost twenty five million, and he's five or six years younger, uh, and again has an injury history himself. I, I, but for example. I think that's a player who would settle more quickly in Liga and who makes a lot more sense. I think that what that midfield in Marseille needs and what made them so successful last season is the dynamism that you had 
uh, not necessarily from Zambo and Guisa, but from Sanson and from Luis Gustavo. Strokeman offers none of that. Uh, he's a slower player. Um, I know Gustavo is not the quickest himself, but if you're going to partner him with Gustavo and play Sanson in a more advanced role, I have serious questions about the defensive solidity of that midfield, particularly if you talk about uh, teams in Liga that want to play on the counter. You look at a Dijon, you look at a Nîmes, um, you even look at a Lyon, teams that, that are teams that are very pace-oriented. Uh, I think Marseille could really get torn apart uh, if that's if that's a defensive midfield duo with which they want to move forward. I, I think this is, a, a, frankly, a terrible signing for Marseille. It's a tough one, isn't it? I just feel like, and, and I know obviously that it will be the thing that comes into everyone's mind who don't watch Roma or Italian football every week, which is he was linked to Manchester United. He looked like a fabulous player, but there was obviously clearly a lot of injury worries that that really impacted him. Really, it was it must have been incredibly frustrating for him, just on the, the crest of a wave when he was sort of bossing things in that midfield, and then all of that to be taken away for it. But that's that hope is always what kills you. We see it with numerous players in, in Ligue 1, really. We see it with teams always giving Johan Gork a second chance for a long while. Same with uh, Clermont Grenier, although it's nice to see him slowly get it back. Hatton Ben Arthur, France is full of... Mario Balotelli. It's full of these sort of second chance stories where we're always hoping that the final glory will, will sort of bear out. And uh, Kevin Stroop just feels like maybe one of those again. Not necessarily that he will turn into that player, but Marseille are paying that money and taking that chance because he has the potential to do it. Is it the right club? Maybe. Is it the right time for him to move? Absolutely. Is this still a chance? There's someone in there if he can sort of regain the form, maybe in a, a slightly different position in a in a different league? Absolutely. He's still, it's crazy to think that he's still only 28. I know that the injury history does give you a lot of worries, but he can be a really good player and a bit of experience that side, especially with what has been really a quiet end to the transfer window as we sort of approach the deadline, at least anyway, without too much movement anywhere, really. Um, hopefully something will go through and hope, I, I do hope that, um, he can have a good season in Liga. Uh, that's all that we have for this evening. My thanks to Eric, Jez, and all of you watching at home. Uh, do join us for the preview show on Thursday, and the main show will be at the same place, same time, next week. Abianto, and goodbye.